So, past few weeks I am talking about, I am trying to talk about, it is rather, it is good to say, like I am trying to talk about, uh, you know, the doctrines of God that is in the Bible. That is one of the doctrines was repentance from the dead one. Okay. And uh, it is very important and I, and the first two weeks I shared about eternal life. To hold on to eternal life, I spoke what is eternal life and in whom eternal life belongs to. And last week also I said that uh, about uh, the good work, evil work and uh, the, the dead work. And uh, also I spoke uh, one, one particular thing that is if you, if you, you are doing good works but if it is done in without joy then it, it is called as a dead work. Now, to add on to that, today I'm going to make you understand. It is, uh, it, 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 you know, you know, and I want to tell you something. Okay, if you are serious about walking with God truly, then this is the message for you. Can I tell you again? If you are very serious about having a relationship and walking with God, then this is the message for you. Otherwise, you came as condemned and you can go by condemnation. Because you think, okay, this is what something I am. And the, the, the message is that I will not enter into the kingdom of God. But still, if no matter how many times we fail, we have an opportunity to repent and turn to God. And believing in Him, as 1 7, John 1 7 says, 1 John 1 7 says, that His blood cleanses us from all sin when we confess our sin. Until the second coming of the Lord, until the rapture, we have opportunity to repent and turn to Jesus. And through Jesus to experience that eternal life. And, and the Bible says in 1 John, the one who has the Son has eternal life. Okay, so last week I shared that we need to, we need to hold on to eternal life and how the good intended work without doing, without having, without uh, doing, without uh, the joy of the Lord turns out to be dead work. Now, I want to tell you, you know, why it is important to for that. If you look into Acts chapter 2.42, I want to give you some, uh, you know, introduction again and then go to one point, one topic. Okay, in Acts chapter 2.42, what it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Okay. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. These were the four pillars on which the first century church has been built up. Okay, what was that? They, they sat at the feet of apostles to learn doctrines. See, this is this does not make me superior than you. Okay, this is a place that I can be seen. Okay, podium is, uh, is in the earlier days in constant time. It was kind of a, 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 a kind of a dark forces. That story I wouldn't want to say. From there, Constantine started the podium, and that why people become better so obsessed with podium, so they did not want to leave. Okay, so it is just does not make you make different than you. I'm also from you, but God has put some responsibilities. Something that upon me by his grace I am trying to deliver. So, what are the four pillars? 
the apostles doctrines so and this is something that is something that we do not want today's world what because we know english we know the kjv thai and all and then we start thinking that without pastor without church without prophets without apostles without evangelists without uh, anybody i i i can live my life that is not the pillar of the church the pillar of the church is sitting at the feet of the apostles and then fellowship in psu almost every day there is something is happening every day some bible study some intercession some some uh, evangelism meeting some uh, choir practice some ashes meeting but what happens you don't come that's why this teaching i need to bring it again to the church if you do go to 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 the the the, the the programs in the classes that is happening there is no need for me to bring back the classes so this is not a preaching this is a teaching okay so fellowship we don't like fellowship you know we are not we we, we do not come for fellowship check your friend who is in leadership check your friend who is in the worship team intercession team family meeting where are they fellowship from the the day one yeah turn back and see we are brothers we are keepers of our brothers yeah i know there is some circumstances circumstances comes that we cannot come it's okay fellowship and then what happened sorry from the day one what was god doing in garden of eden fellowship with whom the man who created him what is god doing today what is god doing today praise he wanted to fellowship with man you want to fellowship with man and when i fellowship with tuba he is fellowshiping with with us and then what happens then the breaking of bread both the bread what is the bread the communion bread and the home bread then today we we we, we sit in chairs like this at eat but in a, in a, in a, in a, uh jewish family they sit at a small table in front and they will sit like this and they will lean on to the table not resting the back onto the chair our eating styles are today things we want to push back seats for our dinner there is nine some people laying on the bed and eating the what you call donuts or something like that and then fourth is what prayer we make meetings about prayer what we do not pray this was the four foundational pillars of the first century churches which is lacking in today's church what is that learning the doctrine fellowship and that's why in hebrews chapter 7 it says it says that we do not want to 61 it says hebrews chapter 61 it says we do not want to put a some new doctrines lay some foundations of new doctrines but we need to no need for it 
politics. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go to the perfection. There are some doctrines which are elementary. It is, it is basic that every Christian should know. Are you there with me? If I come walk outside, come here and ask somebody on the way, what you believe? You will say, I believe in Jesus. But that is for your salvation. What is the doctrine that you believe? And there are six doctrines here says. And I'm going to speak on that six doctrines time to time. Maybe this I will take the dead works and finish the, that, uh, that uh, ten things. But after that I will lay foundations on the rest of the foundations. What is that? Six foundation. See, the dead works. Repentance from the dead work is the first principle, doctrine. Second, faith toward God is the second doctrine. Okay, third, verse 2. The doctrine of baptisms. You know, there is not one or two baptisms. In the Bible, there are seven baptisms. Seven baptisms. Not just water baptism and uh, uh, Holy Spirit baptism. There are seven baptisms. I will not address now because it will take another one month. So I will go back later. I will come. Then, laying on hands. It's a ministry. Don't allow everybody to lay hands on you. I don't allow. Diffusion is very important. I cannot, have, I cannot uh, allow somebody something doing and come and lay hands on me. I'm very careful. Let it be very renowned pastors. I don't go in front to lay hands so that they can lay hands. Okay. Resurrection of the dead. If you do not have a doctrinal understanding about the resurrection of death, then when somebody dies, you will be beating your chest and you will be crying and all like that. That we need to. And then finally, the sixth doctrine is eternal judgment. There is no understanding about eternal judgment. That's why the church does not have fear. The church thinks that there will be always an advocate advocating for me. There is no judgment going to come. It says that until the advocate becomes the church, your punishments are deferred, but not removed. There's an eternal judgment that is going to come. These are the six doctrines that we need to know. And Apostle, Apostle not Apostle, Apostle Dr. Luke, I believe, if, uh, everybody say Hebrew was uh, written by Paul or Luke or somebody, whatever maybe. Okay, and uh, about so what happens? These are the six doctrines that we need to know. So, it is very important what we believe we should know. Right or wrong? Think so? It should be. What you believe you should know. Okay? What is repentance? What is repentance? Repentance has two parts. Repentance has two parts. One thing is that you grieve, deeply grieve, or you deeply regret, or you deeply, you are deeply sorrowful the way you lived and the way you are living. That is repentance. 
Okay? You need to be having a deep sorrow in your heart. There is no need of these things if you want to be a religious, legalistic Christian. But a Christian who is a repentant, repentance means you are deeply sorrowful. You are deeply regretful. You are deeply grieved that the way I lived, the way I am living is wrong. That is the first part. Second part of repentance is what? You are deeply regretting, regretting, you are deeply sorrowful, you are deeply grieved the way that you are lived. And the second part is that I am consciously what I consciously want to change my life. Repentance is not just saying sorry for the action. Repentance confirms when a sorry what you feel need to be changed. Am I talking to somebody? It is easy for a murderer or a rapist in the court to say, Yes, your honor, I did that. But if he did not change, what will happen? That person, after seven times of punishment, come out of the prison, he will continue doing the same. It is easy for you sitting here, and when I give an altar call, you can lift up your hands and worship and say that I am sorry, but go out and do the same thing because you accepted that you are wrong, but you never initiated to correct it. That is what repentance is all. Repentance needs a change in our life. When you say I repent, means uh, I, 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 I am not really sorrow for what the way I lived. I am not really sorrow for what, I'm, what way I am living. I am equally willing to make a conscious change in my lifestyle. Let me tell you, we are, none of us are perfect. The book of Romans says, there is no one righteous. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But that does not stop us to inch towards perfectness. In our imperfections, we can inch towards glory to glory, strength to strength. Every day, we can come closer to perfection. Am I talking to you, Pray me? Right? The most of the time, what is the time you say sorry? Normally we say sorry when we are caught in some. If you are caught in something, then we say sorry. If you are not caught, we testify. Repentance is not something that you say sorry when you are caught. Repentance is something that the prodigal son did. He came back to his father. What was his statement? I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven. Make me your servant. What he was trying to say. As a son, I failed you. As a son, I failed As a son, I sinned against you as well as against the God whom you worship. But now I am not eligible to be your son. Make me your servant. Means what? I am willing to learn a hard way 
to be your servant and to get your favor, grace and mercy so that you will find me worthy to be called as son. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called as son, but make me a servant. What is the prodigal son saying? I'm willing to go through that rigorous, painful method of learning. When we are caught, we normally say sorry. But that is not what God is expecting. God is expecting you to take ownership of what you did and then say consciously, I want to, I want a change and I'm willing to do it. Is there anybody here? Yes, in this left line. Anybody there? Yes. yes. Right line? Yes. Only one face smiling. Good. Keep it up. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter 7 10. So I'm talking about repentance. Before giving you repentance of that, you need to know what is God expecting from repentance. Okay. See. It is not simple the emotional sowing. It is what? The godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Godly sorrow. What is godly sorrow? Means what? That you have a definite understanding that you brought the heart of God. Salvation. Here, what is salvation means? In the Old Testament, the Israel used to cry for salvation. What was that salvation? Deliverance from the slavery, the, the slavery of Pharaohs. In the New Testament we say salvation. What is the salvation, Banashe? The deliverance from the slavery of sin. So salvation means deliverance. You remember Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of God when they were in the Red Sea. What were I saying? Stand still and see how God delivers us from this situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Many times we thought, see, stand still and stand still and see the, the, the salvation of God and we do not know what we are praying for. Here it says, Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Okay? Repentance means you take ownership when there is a godly sorrow, you know that you broke the heart of God, you broke the purpose of God in your life, and that time you take ownership of what you did, and you willingly you say, I'm ready to correct my situation. Then comes what? Then comes deliverance. Is it clear now? The word is clear. Godly sorrow produces repentance. Godly sorrow means when you are conscious about you broke the heart of God, you trampled on the innocent blood of Jesus and that, that when have repentance means that time you say I'm sorry for my action and I'm willing to correct and that time God's deliverance will come. That's what 1 John 1 7 says. When you confess your sin you will be delivered. Okay? Are you clear? So repentance is a lifestyle. It's not once in a while syndrome that we feel sometimes in the church emotionally broken or emotionally things are not 
going well and you have some problem the house rent problem school fees problem relationship broken problem parents in hospitals what's are not going on and that time we start to cry but not repentance that time obviously comes is what questioning god what i have done wrong i go every sunday church i pray worship do everything blah 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 but why i am going through this so repentance is a lifestyle not something one day or someday it should be every day now how do you know that somebody is repentant or otherwise you can say what is the evidence of a repentant soul how do you know okay i'm going to give you three evidences write it down okay the first evidence is that a repentant person there will be a change in the value in their life a change of in the value change in value value of life value of everything that they are going through like suppose now some people they are so undervalue their life they think that exercise says eat and drink and this is a gift from god so what they do they want to drink they want to alcoholism they want to do drugs they want to want womanism everything they do why to have pleasures of the world and what that why that what they do they value god's given life less the day you repent you will start valuing your life more than what the values of the world why because you will instantly you will get an understanding that you are so valuable that god sent his only begotten son to die for you some of you some of those who are sitting here or roaming around in the roads with the friends and this thing you value less what god has done for you this glory we tremble on there should be a value change in our life you know suppose you have a mobile phone and you want to sell it off if you sell it off with all stuff inside the the purchaser will not buy he saying you you have some personal things are inside that what they will say they will say make it into the factory settings am i right or wrong so you remove it make it in the factory setting and then you put the imei number and then there is a value comes that is exactly what you i am talking about you need to take out repent your sins and go into the factory settings of god who created you washed in the blood of jesus and then go back and god say now there is a value for you we need to have value the person the people who start the people who trusted man will start looking to god now that is adding value Christian songs will start singing worship for Christ 
not for people that is adding value. You can see many song albums singing Christian song. Very numbered in fingers will have songs, people who worship God, and that we hear. There is a difference in listening a Christian song and listening a worship unto God. That's why I don't switch on to every every you no know, albums and everything like that. I don't. Because I know. A movie star can sing a song. Who cares? The day he will start worshipping my Lord, that day I will start listening to him. Value added is needed. Okay? You start understanding value when you are born again. You are repentant. You will say no to fornication. You will say no to adultery. You will say no to unholy life. You will start saying no to lie. You will say no to gossiping. You will say no to hatred. Why? Because you found your value. Why? Because according to Corinthians, what it says, when it's a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things that is past is gone. Everything that becomes new, you are in fact listening. Everything comes new and you have a value now. Somebody start saying that I'm valuable. Hallelujah. If you are really a dependent Christian, you will have a value in your life. The second evidence is what you are there will be a change of lifestyle. This is a very controversial topic to speak. Change of lifestyle. The, the lifestyle that Christian lives is so rotten than the worldly people. Can you understand? Society is saying no to African students. Why? Because of the lifestyle you magnify, magnify there. Displayed in societies that no international students will allow. Why? Because you have not shown them the Christ likeness. You have shown them Christian evil attitudes. You party, you woo, you, you, you bring girls and you sleep with them and enter societies. Peace and decorum is broken. Why? Because your lifestyle is rotten. God is looking for a repentance. God is not discarding, pushing you out from church. God is inviting you to the church saying, Son, daughter, repent! So that I can add value to your life. How I say add value? You say I repented, I, 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 I repented from alcoholism, but you still have bottles in your home. How can you repent from alcoholism? I, 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 I'm not watching pornography, but you sus subscribe pornography sites. Oh, that relationship. Oh, I'm, I'm free from that relationship, but still you carry the memories of that relationship. Is it your lifestyle? And then you keep on, you will, you will hunt for a new relation by haunting the old relation. You are trying to crush the old relationship and with that you try to find a new relationship. Again your purpose can be fulfilled. That is not the time change lifestyle. God expects a repentance from the body of Christ to say, Lord I own my mistake. I own my sin and I am willing to change it. 
lifestyle change. Third, the evidence of repentance is change in relationships. Change in relationships. Let me ask you, do you think that all your friends, those who surround you are making you closer to God? Are you sure that she is closer to God? If she is the only friend you have, or he is the only friend you have? What about the other friends? Let's take it like I want to tell you, there may be some friends, those will help you to help you to achieve the potential that God has put in you. And there may be some friends who will take out from the relationship with God. Relationship matters. Association matters. You know? It's sheer arrogance. People thinking that our oh, church is so and so. When I went there, nobody accepted me. Nobody came to talk to me. I know what you are the prime minister of some country or something like that. You are a sinner coming to the church, and uh, you need to repent and turn. You, are, you don't try to be some smart guy. Come with humility and softness to God and saying, Lord, I'm coming to a hospital to get treatment. I'm humbling myself rather than saying, when I come, somebody should put a garment and. Yeah. Mr. Singer, please come to my church. It's a sheer arrogance. There is no work from home in the church. Some people say, I am so in the church, I don't go to the church. I close my door, I myself, I pray my worship. And if that was the intention of God, then God would have not put the church. I want to tell you, after man, the beautiful thing that God created upon the face of the earth is church. Beautiful thing that God created. And church is the answer for every problems of this world. But church lost its saltiness. That's why Jesus said, if the salt loses its saltiness, what is the use of? And again he said, you are the salt. And if you do not carry the church, like character, you do not carry the church like relationship. What shall we say? Who is wrong? Proverbs chapter 28 13 says, If you hide your sin, you will not prosper, but if you confess, you will get mercy of God. Oh. God is not. His time is over. From the introduction time, Proverbs 28 13. Introduction only, time gone. How many of you are willing to give me 20 minutes more? Mr. From, the, from the guy who came from Anand, ready? Okay. And you know my 20 minutes ends well. Don't tell you people will run away. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Are you trying to hide your sin? Or are you trying to own your sin? 
but whoever confesses and forsakes what is the two words given there do you find some meaning to what i said not only sorry but change here it comes confesses and forsakes then will have mercy okay and then what is dead work then second point is repentance so now you got understanding about repentance repentance means what accepting that you are a, you did wrong you are a sinner and willing to take responsibility to bring change okay evidence is what when you become a repentant christian what will have your life will have a value your lifestyle will change your relationships will change okay look for these three characters no three characters so so called christians do they have some value change do they have some relationship change do they have some lifestyle change if not better keep away yourself you know in the john, john it says don't even salute them because you will become the part of their sin okay don't forsake them but don't partnership with them okay what is dead work i told you earlier dead work is what good work but not pleasing to god good work that not pleasing to god now i'm going to give a new another that dimension to that dead work what is the dead work the dead work is that anything that you try to do with your human strength that nullifies the work of jesus upon the cross the redemption the resurrection is a dead work no you got it no anything you try to do with your fleshly strength which nullifies means that says no need of the work of jesus on the cross is redemption is resurrection or his second coming i don't mind it i don't want it i i am a christian some of them you know some of them are christians because they go to church so that be, people think like that because i go to church i am a christian some of them they think that because i give tithe i am a christian some of them that they that say because i fast i am a christian go to church is who's who's strength you you coming to a church is who's choice our choice is so strength is who's our choice giving tithe is who's strength ours singing a song who's strength dancing who's strength and do you think that by doing this you can nullify you you say that you are a christian there is no need of the resurrection or redemption of jesus christ in them there are many people who call themselves christian because they go to church let me tell you one thing we don't go to church to become christian when i say christian it means repentant born again person okay i'm not talking about christian is holding a title of philip thomas peace evangelist all like that no by putting a name of a christian you become not a christian recently i took a, 
uh, Tuban and uh, Ayo to McDonald's and showed them that just because we went to the McDonald's, we never turned to be a burger. Prove to her. Then she said, Dad, you really say like that? Oh, we purchased some burger, but we never changed into burgers. What I'm trying to say. You are Christian, that's why you go to church. You are Christian, that's why you type. You are Christian, that's why you sing. You are Christian, that's why you fast. You are Christian, that's why you dance for the Lord. You are Christian, that's why you accept humiliation. You, you are Christian, that's why you accept persecution. By receiving persecution, you cannot be a Christian. Just because somebody came and hit you, you are a Christian, that makes you, that makes you famous. Not Christian. Think about Judas. The greatest pastor was with him, but he hung himself. There is no better pastor than Jesus. Right? How many of you think today that you need a repentance? <laughs> this is the same thing happened to honestly telling children when I gone through these words years and years, 25 years of Bible reading, I never understood the depth of this words such a way that today I am understanding. The day it has come, it was not only shown me one mirror, thousands and millions of mirrors was coming and showing me my personal, my personality. I felt immediately, I got, I'm a pastor for 25 years, but I need to repent. Because many things I thought it is a good work, stood to be a temple. So, what is the need of the time? Repentance from the dead one. Okay? Now, so our efforts cannot save us. That is what Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9 says, by the grace of the Lord, by faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. By the grace of God. God gave grace and then we believed in Jesus. Somebody cannot say just because I believe in Jesus, I am a Christian. No, if God will not give you grace, you cannot believe in Jesus. That's why the Bible says uh, the Holy Spirit draws us closer to Jesus. Okay, okay. So understood repentance is what and dead work is what. Okay, dead work is this, that everything that we try to, dead work is one thing that we, we, we do good works, but that is motive is bad, that becomes dead work. And other meaning I said that anything and everything that you do with your own strength, saying that I don't need church, I don't need pastors, I don't need Bible training, I, I have enough knowledge about Bible, I myself can be saved, that makes a dead work. You don't steal the glory of God. You don't steal the glory of God. You don't take his name in vain. Okay? Ten Commandments says so. So, okay. It's six o'clock. What you expe expect? Let me tell you the second work that becomes a dead work. That's a very small portion. It is in two minutes. Uh, not two minutes. Twenty minutes. I will finish. Okay. The second thing is this. What makes a good work dead work? That is the second point is what done without love is dead work. First one is what? What done without joy is dead work. Second is what done without love 
is heaven. Okay. I'm not going to test you as a woman or a wife what will happen 10 years later. But you must have seen this even at your home. Because there would be some wives at your home, even your mother and somebody else. Okay. Or even you understand that in your relationships also. New relationship and old relationships. Okay. I'm not stamping. Authentifying relationship. Okay. Let me. That is a disclaimer. Okay. I don't authentify relationships. Outside marriage. Okay. 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 So what happened? Suppose a new couple. I'm giving you an example. A new couple. Married. The first day, who bought the coffee? You? Come on. <laughs> wrong, right question, wrong person. Normally. <laughs> good, good, keep it up. Okay. Jobs apart, keep it up. Normally, what happens? In a home, the first few years, one month, two months, suppose one year, the wife joyfully cooks food for the husband. Okay. If at all the wife knows food, otherwise you know the thing. Okay. And joyfully washes the clothes of her husband. Joyfully cleans both houses. And when you go into that house, you can see these both couples are so much deeply in love with one another. The husband loves the wife as it is his own body. The wife is submitted to her husband as she is submitted to Christ. That is what one in the one, one and a half, two years maximum in the marriage. I'm married for 32 years from the experience I've had. Okay? Don't tell mom. Okay? So, you know, one or two years it would be all okay. But after 20 years you go at the same home and see the condition. Maybe the wife still cooks the food, but from two miles away you can hear her cries and complaints and everything. It happens to you? Happens to you It happens in India. Ruth? Yes. Okay. Don't lie. The same house. First year it was so good atmosphere. But after 15-20 years, children are grown up and the atmosphere changes. Why? I had to counsel many of What they say? Pastor, what to do? This girl is become 15 years, but she still is not clothes, washing her clothes. She never get up in the morning, just make a cup of coffee. I said, what is the problem? She doesn't work. Get up or you have some problem. No, I have to do it. So I am tired. And I said, one thing is happening. What is that? You are complaining? Yeah, I am complaining. Why I should do? I said, the complaint, the problem is not your girl is not getting up or your husband is not supporting you. The problem is that you lost the love of serving your family. You lost love of serving your family. Then after 20 years, the same husband, your handsome husband become a burden. The same child for them for which they, they prayed become a nuisance. I don't want to send him to Peru in India. 
will learn something good. There he will learn something good. Abandonment. Abandoned. I, I know that. It's not a laughing thing. I know that. Some of you are abandoned in your families. And when you come into the college, college also abandons you. Found with the alcohol, restricted. Go. Abandoned. No correction. What is happening? There is no love. Hospitals, you go, they used to love and serve you. Now they just use you for money. Food, same thing. Any industry you go, now you will not see the love of hospitality. You will see the love of lust of money. What I am saying to do? That is exactly what we do with God. In Matthew chapter 22, 37, 38 says, Love your God with all of your heart and strength and soul and mind, everything. But what happened? In the initial stage, that love was so beautiful. So beautiful. We used to run for every meeting. We used to run to fast. We used to love to be in the closet and speak with God. But after some years, when you start understanding that I am different than other people and all alone, I become alone. Then what happened? You started regret of having in a life in Christ and you will start murmuring about him. And that's exactly what Jesus said to, the, to John in the book of Revelation about the Ephesus church in chapter 2, 4. He said, I have everything good about you, but I have one thing against you. What was that? You lost your first love. You lost your first love. 20 years back when you were a sinner and you came to know about salvation in me and the sacrifices my son did for you. You are so, so grateful to me and accepted me as your first love. But today when everything becomes good, you receive job, you receive children, you got married, your finances are good, your friends are good. You lost my love and the duplication of alternative loves of the world become your time. Anything and everything that we do without love is a dead man. I always give, say, you can do charity without love. You can do charity. You can give money to some poor. You can give a biscuit to biscuit to somebody. You can give a donut to somebody. You can give some money to some sick person. Not because of love, because of sympathy. And then that gratifies your inner soul saying, I did a charity work today. That's not because of love. In the book of John chapter 21, Jesus asked Peter three things when he denied him. Three times he denied him, but Jesus reinstated him asking three things. Three times. What was the three questions? What are the three questions? Chapter 21, 15 to 19. All the three times the question was, do you love? Okay. Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? Go, succeed. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Go, 70. 
Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? All the three times God, Jesus asked Simon. What was he asked? Do you love me? And what was the answer of Jesus? No. Third time, do you love me? And he said, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. In other place, I think it said, follow me. So to follow Jesus and to feed his sheep, you need what? Love. That's why some of the leaders are frustrated. Handling people. We cannot handle frustrated people. You know, if we, not, we expect that when in a Christian meeting they come, they should be same Paulus and same Peter and like that. They should be very same, no? you know. And we get upset with people when they are not matching to our expectations. We expect that everybody should be neat and clean coming to church. Hey, church is not broken. Church is not for the clean. Jesus said, I have not come to for the righteous. I came for the sinner. That does not necessitate that when he came to to you as a sinner, you remain sinner. Once you have an encounter with him, you, are, you will not be a sinner. You will become a son of child, son of God. The three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And he said, follow me. And then he said, feed my sheep. I want to ask every, every leaders of PSU, do you love your people? I want every parent of Bethel, anointed and blessed family, to check your with the, 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 the temperature of your love. Do you really love your people? Then you will go out and find why that person is not coming to the meeting. Why that person is not seen in this Sunday. Why this? I ask check people. I laughingly also say, hey, you are here. Today I said to somebody, you are here but you are not here. And if I see some faces don't come, I many sometimes I don't know the name, but I immediately pray, Lord, wherever he is, bring him next time. Keep him safe. Do you re really love your people? Or you love Tanzanians love Tanzanians and Zimbabweans love Zimbabweans, Ugandans love Ugandans. That is not no no nation segregation, no racism in Christ. We are all. Jews and Romans are equal. We are one. We need to do everything in the spirit of love. As a father, I can rebuke you not to destroy you because I rebuke you because I love you. Otherwise, I have no business to correct you. Why should I correct you? If you happen something two years later, you will go and you will not turn back to me. We kept, you know, I don't know how thousands of students came. They all called me dad and so only few in numbers in figures they revert and say remember that but most of them are living what John 14 15 says if you love me do my commandments if you have to follow God if you want have to follow commandments of Jesus you need to love him first see so people say oh commandments are Old Testament no commandments are fulfilling Jesus he said I'm not Break the commandments, Lord. It is fulfilling me. Some of the people we do, we do, you know, we do, we do take care of the the house meetings or the worship team or all like that because of fear. 
If you do, if we do something because of fear, that is a dead word. Because if we do something in love, that is a living word. Life will fall. Life will flow and fall. Some people are doing in fear of judgments. Thinking that in the heaven we give the most attended person a profit. No. I will talk about seven crowns that we are going to get in heaven. That is some like sometime later if God's coming is delayed. I have many topics to teach you. And I will not preach you really for any time anymore. I will teach you. So that I can also learn. Many preachers are there. You are you are full of preaching. And that's why you take it the word of God for a toss. Take it lightly. I'm going to fight, going to build some basic foundations in you so that I can also learn and you can also learn. Understand? I also, I can also ask God to tell you your bank account number, your house number, and all like that. That yeah, you think that yeah, is a prophecy? Forget it. It's not prophecy. It is a word of knowledge. I also get that. I'm not in that business. And if God says, some, tell somebody, why should I send your bank account number? Somebody will hack it. <laughs> that maybe somebody here sitting in uh, computer science, he must be a great hacker. Okay, you just uh, say the last four digits, he will hack your account. <laughs> I'm closing here. Some people do things because they expect rewards from people. I don't know whether you have these systems in your church that somebody gives some offering you publicly announce and all like that. Some churches, you know, you come to Baroda Church, you can see there is a, you know, you, you must have seen, must be, there is a, in a stone in that red letter they have written so and so thousand rupees, twenty thousand rupees. And just, people give only when their names will be given. Announced rewards, and they forget they forget about the reward that they should get in heaven. Are you serious about walking with God? Nobody is serious about walking with God. Eh? <laughs> Nobody is serious about God walking with God, and that also got an amen. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you serious? My beloved loving children, if there is something in the name of Christ you are doing without joy in your heart and without love in your heart, this is the day that you need to say, I'm sorry. I did a wrong, I sinned against you and I want to correct you today. I want to correct you. God is not mad with a vaccinated person. But God is mad about the vaccinated person. God is not going to judge you today if you repent your sins. But, but after Christian, become a Christian, what sins you commit, that will be that will be judged. But before receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, whatever you did, it will be eliminated. It will be blotted out. Bible says he blots out some iniquities. 
diferença aparente Senhor quando você passa this is me I have done things I lived as a Christian I never showed love to my people I went to church but I never loved them I have a classmate but I never loved them I have a roommate but I never loved them I never I was not joyful with living with that person I always murmured about it. I always complained about it. If there is somebody who want to say that I want to cut myself. Few hands are coming up. I believe in every single person sitting here, including me. There is a need of repentance. Need of repentance. Lord, I come to church, but I don't have that joy. Lord, I come to church to hear the love of God, but I never reciprocated that love to somebody else. I never gave that love to somebody else. I was conditional to love somebody. I'm talking about loving the Christ loved us. If it, it, it is the reality of the church, the church needs to repent. Because Bible says if you lose the sortings, there is no use. I'm sorry to say this, but I need to talk, teach you this. Because you come to church, just because you are a member of the choir, just because you are a member of an evangelism team, just because you are a member of an intercession team, just because you participate in the cultural programs of the church, that does not makes you a repentant Christian. The repentant Christian will have three evidences. One is a value change in their life. Second is their lifestyle will change. Third is their relationship will change. Relationship with God, relationship with people of God. Can we all stand up in our place? If just because you lifted up your hands. I know you are comfortable in sitting, but I don't want you to be in sitting. I want to push you out of the boat. You know, Peter willingly walked out of the boat, but I am forced to push you out of the boat. I would say, everybody, nobody to sit. And please close your eyes. Don't see anybody. All your properties will be safe and my eyes are open, God's eyes are open.